Alrighty. Let's do this. Welcome to the CubeCast podcast, late since 2015. Today is August 29th, 2015. I'm Ranja, and joined with me as consistently and frequently is Mitch. How are you doing, Mitch? Good. Good. How are you? Good. I, I, I'm well. I am well. Yes, and I am back. I am back. Yes. Where Where did you go again? I, I marched with a drum and bugle corps uh, for like a couple months and stuff. Sounds like fun. So the plans for this episode, uh, we're going to announce the tagline raffle winner, finally. There are a lot of world records and continental records that we're going to go over in this episode, so yeah. just please bear with us. And we will be have we will have Keaton Ellis and Drew Brads on for this episode, uh, it's, and we're not going to be having Anthony Brooks on for this episode because things are a little bit too complicated with getting him on. And Keaton and Drew were just right there, and they had just won events at Nationals, so we really wanted to get them on as quickly as possible. Yee. So, yeah, we're going to be having them on after a commercial break. But before that, uh, we have some news, some pretty pressing news, actually. Uh, it's about Anders Larsson. He passed away very recently at the age of 51. He had been competing since 2003, was a delegate, and traveled the world organizing and delegating competitions. He delegated 39 competitions in nine countries. Uh, he was also the leader of the World Cube Association's Independent Advisory Committee. Ron van Bruchem, one of the uh, founders of the WCA, uh, wrote something very beautiful that I wanted to read um, excerpts of. So Ron says... Our dear friend Anders Larsson died in a tragic accident falling from height in South Korea on August 6, 2015. He was only 51 years old. Anders participated in his first competition at the World Championship 2003 in Toronto. When I met Anders for the first time, it became immediately clear to me that Anders was a special person. He was friendly to everyone and made lots of jokes. His second competition was the European Championship 2004 in Amsterdam. During the competition, he and his countryman, Kare Krig, introduced us to the skills of feet solving. It looked a bit like a circus act, but the pictures and videos of their feet gave our hobby a lot of media attention. Anders also showed us that he was a very reliable and trustworthy person. Therefore, the mm -hmm. WCA board awarded him the status of WCA delegate. With this status, Anders started organizing and delegating competitions in Sweden, making Sweden the sixth country with WCA competitions. After his attendance at World Championship 2005 in Florida, Anders started bringing the WCA to new countries and areas, first Finland in 2007, Norway in 2008, Denmark in 2008, Singapore in 2009, Vietnam in 2010, the western part of Australia in 2011, and South Africa in 2014. This was very important for the WCA, but more importantly, he inspired and enabled people in those areas to be part of our community and take their own initiatives to help the WCA further. After some serious incidents during WCA competitions, the board asked Anders in 2010 to start the Independent Advisory Committee, or the IAC. We chose Anders because he was a wise and independent thinker. Anders replied with his typical funny words, Thank you for the trust to hold probably the most unrewarding position within the WCA. In total, Anders competed in 84 competitions in 39 countries. He delegated 39 competitions in 9 countries. These numbers alone already show the importance of Anders for the development of the WCA. But we will all remember Anders as a very kind and helpful person, a great advisor with a huge amount of humor. So yeah, that, that was written by, again, Ron van Bruchem, who uh, knew Anders very well for a, a long time. 
I think it really goes to show Anders' character in bringing Cuban competitions to so many other different places in the world, especially um, was he reading Singapore and Vietnam, that stuff like that, that. For him to go out of his way, purchase plane tickets in order to go officiate these things, all because of a colorful piece of plastic with moving parts on it. That uh, He's know, done that a lot is. for the WCA, and he's definitely going to be missed for all of the opportunities that he's brought for us yeah so next on a slightly more touching note housekeeping Woo! well we kind of covered all of these things already yeah, but that's true. <laughs> but we finally have a tagline raffle winner for those of you who don't know we had a tagline raffle where you would submit a tagline your name would get entered into this wonderful raffle for a 15 dollars gift card or gift code to the cubicle.us and we've picked our winner and stuff. All your names, if you submitted it, your name was entered only once. And we picked randomly from on RNG. Waffle actually did the picking because Mitch and I didn't want to deal with that. And yeah. the pick was... Do I say it? Yeah. Oh. Shane Grogan, you won. Congratulations. Woo! You win a $15 code to the us. We'll probably be doing some more giveaways in the future, so please stay tuned to this. And apologies for like the late results and late recording, and we haven't recorded in six weeks, but it'd be what it do. What? <laughs> what did you just say? Be it'd what be... did it do? What does that mean? It'd be what it do. That's Mitch. like nothing. Mitch, what? they don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. Okay, you're just speaking gibberish. Okay, um, the next thing. Uh, about the Anthony episode, we've had a lot of delays with him, but uh, as I said before in the episode, we're just we want to have Keaton and Drew on because they had just recently won events at nationals, and it's kind of time sensitive to talk about their winning stuff. So yeah, um, we will try to have Anthony on at a later date, but he's just extremely busy, and it's hard to have him on. He it, it makes sense, yeah. If yeah, we want to apologize for the listeners because all of you guys sent in questions and stuff for Anthony, and we were all getting really hyped to record with him, but scheduling just didn't work out. Like we, we we couldn't all find a good time to get together and actually make the thing happen. So yeah, but Anthony, if you're listening to this, we still want you on here because you're really cool. Yep. <laughs> okay, the next thing is the two big competitions that happened recently, World Championships and the U.S. Nationals. So none of the guests went to world championships and no. well, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's like really far away, but I, I was the only guest that went to, or not the guest, I'm not a guest, uh, the host that went to us nationals this, uh, this past summer. And it was a lot of fun. If you guys don't know, um, I made it into the Guanlong challenge and I guess we can talk about that right now. Uh, it was the top 16 seed seeds in the three by three first round and i think i got 15th seed or or 15th or 16th spot in first round and then of course like some of the lower or the higher ranked people didn't show up so like 20th seed made it into the guanlong challenge but that's besides the point um so the whole idea behind this uh guanlong challenge was that people would get a cube or they would get a guanlong and you would have five minutes to set up the cube, no, or whatever, however you wanted to do it. And they provided like Maru lube, Traxxas, screwdrivers, um, cubicle lubes as well, because obviously cubicle sponsored this event. And um, so the other 15 
competitors decided to be nice and make their cubes really like they decided to make their cubes as best as they possibly could but I decided to do something different and make my cube as worse as I possibly could so my idea was that I would run to the beach and back and put sand in my cube but the thing is the beach was a little bit longer than I was hoping so I only <laughs> I only ran to the parking lot of between one of like building A and building B which if you weren't at the event then that doesn't really make any sense but uh, there was yeah, like it, there, there was, there was this like little median thing in the parking lot, and I grabbed some dirt and put it in the cube. And then on the way back, <laughs> on the way back, I saw this like little splotch of sand, so I grabbed some sand and put it in my cube. And um, once I ran back into the event room, I dumped like a lot of Traxxas or cubicle, whatever lube that was. I, I dumped like a quarter of a tube in there, and then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then I also put like way too much Maru lube in there. So it, it when when my cube when I had finally put my cube together, there was a little puddle underneath the cube. So um, that took a lot of time to clean up. And so we actually got to competing. And how this worked is uh, it was like um, how does this work? Uh, what's it called? What's that one competition? Head-to-head. -head. Head -head? So, yeah, it was a head-to-head -head format. Two people go at a time. And whoever wins the head-to-head the -head gets the other person's cube. So now um, they have to solve two cubes instead of one cube. And then whoever wins for the two-cube race, they get four cubes, eight cubes. And then whoever wins the eight-cube one wins all 16 Guanlongs. And so if you guys haven't seen the video for this yet, Philip Lewicki made a really great video. And on the first... The first, like, what is it, like, heat or round or whatever, the first round I went up against, uh, what's this kid's name? I can't remember. I'm so sorry. Um, Brandon Huang. Yes, Brandon Huang. I went up against him, and he he decided to be a little jokester and just, you know, wait around for me to solve my cube because it took, like, 40 seconds. And he... <laughs> <laughs> wow, not even um, <laughs> so I, I got to OLL and I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be an EPLL skip. So I I like did OLL and then he didn't notice that I was actually going to skip EPLL and I actually beat him. So if you saw, if you if you watch the video, my reaction is like, holy f this is, I didn't think I was going to be able to beat him. And the second second heat or second round, I went up against Lucas Eder and he, he also did a similar thing. He waited for me to finish, but... I was very close to beating him, but he got, he edged me out just a little bit because I didn't get a PLL skip this time. <laughs> but anyways, um, Lucas went on and actually won. They replaced my shitty cube with like a decent Guanlong um, because <laughs> sabotaging is not really in the... It, it, they didn't think it was very tasteful for me to try to sabotage other people, but... Whatever. It, it was just all in for the fun of the. No, nah, no, nah, man. You're you're making the cube. You're, you're tailoring the cube to your needs. <laughs> if you say if somebody so. else, if somebody else doesn't like it, they they can't like screw with it. What if what if like, what if I make my guanlong super super tight so that it like wouldn't pop, and that's how I like my cubes. And this other guy's like, yo, this cube turns like, ass, give me a new one. They wouldn't do that for him. Though why should they do that for years? I mean, like it's just so it's so unreasonable. I'm joking. I'm absolutely joking. That okay. was all off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that was probably like the most exciting thing that i was a part of at nationals because you get to see all these really fast solvers do relay solves which they normally don't get to do 
because there's no relays in actual competition. So, like, you get to see, oh, wait, they actually suck at 3x3 three three when they don't have inspection. So, um, yeah. Um, the next thing that happened at U.S. Nationals, or I'm talking about things that were, like, recorded on video and kind of stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen Noah Arthur's funny interviews that Chris Olsen put together for um, his video, it was really funny, and if, you know... There are some pretty good interviews in there, and yeah, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, I, partic- I particularly like the one by Ryan Jew. Oh God, no! <laughs> Don't. You should uh, not watch that part. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, the next thing on the list, uh, Philip Lewicki put his full U.S. Nationals video together, and that was released about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So definitely check that one out. That's the first. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that's besides Chris's video. That's the first one that has been released, or that's not the first one, but it's like the first of the two really, really high production videos that are going to be released for this competition. Yeah, then Chris's is supposed to be out pretty soon. I think it's what what was he saying, like September sixth or something? Yeah, I, f- I forget. So, but very soon. Um, so this, if you're listening to this, it might already be out because I don't know how long this is going to take to edit. So we'll. F- We'll figure that out, I guess. Um, so the next order of business, of course, is the world records and continental records. Oh boy! Yeah, we haven't recorded in six weeks apparently. So let's 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 just let's just go. Okay. So the first competition, TCG and Friends 2015 in Lima, Peru. Uh, so this is on the road to uh, on the road to World Championships. So Felix Zemdegs comes out and gets a couple world records and three oceanic records. Comes out with a five by five average world record of 51.93. A 6x6 mean of 147.60, also a world record. 6x6 single OCR of 139.40. 7x7 single OCR of 236.87. And 7x7 OCR mean of 245.45. Next we have Gianfranco Juanqui, Juanqui, I guess, for 3 blind, single SAR, South American record of 24.90 and blind mean of 28.12, also South American record. Uh, John Franco Honky also got, or Juanqui, sorry, also got four blind single SAR of 3 minutes 40.09 seconds, 5 by 5 blindfolded single SAR of 17 minutes and 56 seconds, and multi blind single of 21 out of 23 in 55 minutes 23 seconds. Next, we have Jean-Alexander Tabwata Temple, basically, like, one of the best skewers in general. Uh, Skew average SAR of 3.77. Um, Pedro Alejandro Condoteles got a 6x6 mm-hmm. single SAR of 2 minutes and 0.81 seconds. And 6x6 mean SAR of 2 minutes 10.55. That's, that's crazy. Okay. So that happened. And that was all at TCG and Friends in Lima, Peru. All right. The next competition was Michigan 2015 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And Lucas Eder got a 7.13 North American 3x3 average. And he just released the video, like, last week. So it took him a really long time to post the video, finally. But whatever. Next competition is Basque 7 in Sunnyvale, California. I wasn't there. I was marching drum corps. Oops. Ty Marshall. Ty Marshall. Gets a 2.11 NAR Scube single. It was Hate a super shitty scramble, and he just did a weird layer and got a sledge skip. See, that sounds a lot like 
Sounds a lot like the t- something else that happened about a year ago. Yeah. A year and a half ago. A really, really stupid block to a sledge. And then done. Anyway, congrats, Ty. Good uh, okay. I have, to, I have to beat that now. Next competition was Haifei Open 2015 in Haifei, China. Kaijun Lin got a 217.07 ASR 4x4 blindfolded single, and he also got a 22 out of 23 multi-blindfolded single in 43 minutes and 53 seconds, which is really fast. Jeez. And then, what you've all been waiting for... This is going to take forever. <laughs> World Rubik's Cube Championship 2015 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. All right, I'm, oh, God. I'm looking at this like list here. It's like a page long. Anyway, so let's start with the obvious. Felix Zemdegs. 7x7 single world record of 2 minutes 23.55. 7x7 mean world record of 2 minutes 33.73. Well, like 10 seconds apart. Damn. 3x3 single OCR of 5.60, beating his 5.66 from a couple years earlier. And another 3x3 single that he beat later, OCR as well, of 5.39. What? And then Megaminx average OCR of 50.75. What? Uh, then Jan Bentlaga of Germany got a 1.68 world record cube single, which beats a 1.69 that was like gotten also pretty recently, from what yeah. I remember. Uh, Kevin Hayes, next from, you know, Kevin Hayes from America, gets a 6x6 mean world record of 1 minute 46.41, and then beats it later with a 1 minute 45.98. Jeez. Uh, 5x5 single, North American record of 51.26. 5x5 average, North American record in 55.66. 7x7 single, North American record in 2 minutes 30.35. Next, we have Gajaden McNeil, or Gajaden McKellen. <laughs> there, was a, there was an article that featured Rubik's. Jay and... and oh, it was, oh, it was Rubik's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rubik's official posted this thing on Facebook saying that Jay's name was Jaden McKellen. What? Anyway. They also messed so, up other people, but, like, that was, yeah. yeah, whatever. But Jaden McKellen, that, that's, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, also, what's pretty crazy is Jay got feet OCRs that aren't necessarily, like, feet OCRs. Why? Anyway, feet single OCR of 1 minute 20.35 and feet mean OCR of 1 minute 32.15. Next we have Michal Pleskowitz with an OH single ER of 8.48. What? Oh yeah. Nobody heard about it. Nobody heard about it because world record is so stupid fast. Yeah. And stupid lucky. But you know. Screw you Faz. Getting lucky is not a crime. Getting lucky and getting faster than Eric Ackersdijk two-handed is not a crime. Um, next, Felipe Rueda Hernandez with a Megaminx average SAR of 51.24. John Franco Juanqui again with a three-blind three, three blind single SAR of 21.83. Jeez. And then a 5x5 five five blind SAR single of 13 minutes 53 seconds. Next, we have Joao Pedro Batista Ribeiro Costa. Five names. FFMC mean SAR of 25.67. Pedro Alejandro Condoteles with a 6x6 mean SAR of 2 minutes 7.81 seconds. And 7x7 single and mean SARs. The single at 3 minutes 11.59 and the mean at 3 minutes 21.92. Next, and last and certainly but not least, I can't words that apparently. Pedro Enrique de Silva Roque with a 4x4 single and average SARs. 
single at 27.73 and the average at 32.15 and l then actually last 5x5 five five average SAR of 1 minute 3.32 seconds. Okay, Worlds is done. Woo! That was the longest competition thing ever. Uh... Okay, the next competition. <laughs> oh, was... good luck. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> SLS sus no like. Time. You tried. You tried. Twenty fifteen in Sosnoik, Poland. Um, can you say his name? Michał Jawuski, something like that. Yeah, he... I, I'm not sure. He he got sub three skub. Uh, yeah, two ninety nine world record skub average. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll take the next one then, because you uh, skips in Brest, twenty fifteen, in Brest, Belarus. So Vladislav Shavelsky got a two or one fifty seven point one four ER six by six average. Jeez, Sub that SESC Santos twenty fifteen in Santos, Sao Paulo, Brazil was Gabriel Pereira Campagna with a feet average world record of twenty eight. Point four one feet mean feet mean not average feet mean, and then next we have Pedro Henrique de Silva Roque, with a three by three single SAR of six point eight two, not even sub Mitch but still pretty fast, and five by five average SAR of one minute two point seven one seconds. Dang. Next competition is Magic Revenge twenty fifteen in New Taipei City Taiwan, and Yifan Wu got a thirty one point three three ASR four by four average. Why do you think they called it Magic Revenge 2015? Magic didn't even come back. I don't know. It's just like one of... Yeah, have you ever read the like the manuals and the cubes now? They're, they're just like completely translated from Google Translate or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, basically. Well, it is called the Magic Cube, and the 4x4 is called the Rubik's Revenge. So maybe that... I don't know. 4x4 makes sense. Yeah. Um... Anyway, next one is Nate Waite, Summer 2015 in Zonhoven, Belgium, with Sebastian Aru with an FMC average world record, or FMC mean, of 25 flat. Wasn't this tied? Good lord. Or... Yeah, that ties uh, Vincent Shu And himself, like... And, and himself again. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's like a four-way tie or three-way tie now. I'm, I'm not sure. I can find out yeah. later, though. Whatever. Okay, the next anyway. competition was U.S. Nationals... 2015 in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, and Jakub Kipa got a 28.56 ER 3x3 feet average. Um, when he finished the second solve of that mean, or when he, yeah, I asked him, like, what was the average? And he's like, oh, I still have one more. And I'm like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have asked you because you might mess up now. But I guess he didn't because he got ER. Um, the next record was drew brad's is 1.68 north american record pyramid single whoa but yeah it's amazing because the the feet world record ever uh, mean is 28.41 and here yaku Kupa is with 28.56 at nats like that 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 is too close that is way too close anyway next one is the glorious north 2015 in manchester the uk and connor cronin got a whole slew of AFRs, including 5x5 average with 136.64, square one single 16.31, square one average 25.88, clock average 8.29, skew average at 6 flat, uh, or 6.00, 3x3 multi-blindfolded single of 4 out of 5, uh, I don't know what the time is, I just, I guess whoever did this didn't collect it, it's okay. Uh, the next competition, Tornio Salier Terre, oh crap. 
Salitre Plaza 2015 in Bogota, Colombia. Felipe Rueda Hernandez got a 43.98 SAR Megaminx single and a 47.44 SAR Megaminx average. Woo! Next one is Kaliska Open 2015 in Kaliska, Poland. See, that's an easy Polish yeah. city to say. Uh, Michal Halchuk got a 156.43 European record 6x6 mean. Dang. Beat, uh, what's his name, like a couple weeks before. Yeah. The next competition is Cross Straight Cubing Exchange 2015 in Taochong, Taiwan. And Yifan Wu again got a 31.10 ASR 4x4 average. Jeez. Last competition. Hong Kong Summer Cube Day 2015 in Hong Kong, Hong Kong. And Kijun Miao, Miao got a 3.55 ASR cube average. I didn't even hear about Good that. Lord. Nope, had no idea. And these records are up to date as of today, as posted on the official records and stuff. We heard about something that got done literally today at Italian Nationals that we'll have to talk about next time. But it involves something getting faster by a decent amount of time. So, that's pretty cool. Alright, next we have breaking news. The Ortega method, or the Verisano method. So, if you haven't seen Chris Olson's video recently about this topic, you should definitely check it out. He discusses how it shouldn't the 2x2 method should not be called the Ortega method, because uh, the Verisano method predates it by like 20 years. And we should be calling it something else... We should be calling it Verisano method now because of how it was much more. It was it was around for much longer. But the issue that a lot of people are having with that right now is that, like, it was meant for being a three by three method and not actually a two by two method. But what were like Verisano method was supposed to be a three by three method. But I don't know. What do you think, Brandon? Um. Well. Verisano, for those of you who don't know, Jeff Verisano is an American speed cuber who published a book in 1981, I think called Conquer the Cube. Uh, I know people like Ryan Przybowski or Przybocki, however you want to say it. Uh, he learned from there originally, and he noted that the Ortega Jelinek method for 3x3 was almost identical to this Verisano method that he originally learned by. And so he discussed that with me a couple of years ago, actually. Um, I think it's interesting that we even name methods by their creators or the pro original proposers like I can't really say much because I have a I have a skewed method that I named after myself that I could easily change <laughs> to something else um should should anyone actually like, want that to happen I don't I wouldn't mind doing that like Justin Harder and I proposed Pika <laughs> and we called it that so anything can happen anyway uh but no, I, I think that having the name there, like, it's really like, what's in a name? If Ortega is something that everybody is able to recognize and everybody is able to... If that, if that is the common language and, and that is... And, and calling it the Verisano method will make it more difficult to communicate about the method, then I would say... I, I would not be disinclined to stay with Ortega. But I, I don't really have... I don't really have an opinion either way. I, I'll call it whatever people want to call it because I was reading in a speed-solving thread about the whole controversy and stuff that, you know, remember when people called CFOP Friedrich all the time and it was only, you, you would just see Friedrich yeah. or Friedrich or some bastardization of the name. Um, and now CFOP is kind of standard, but it makes a lot more sense calling it CFOP because it's an initialism of its steps and almost, on almost like... 
anachronization of its steps. But Verisano is just adding another name to the mix. People have been saying, just call it FOP for Face Orient Permute. And while that makes sense, I don't think people... I think people might get confused with CFOP and then FOP. I don't know. And also people making all sorts yeah. of jo- uh, jokes about fopping. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> we'll see. It just has to... It just If people want to do it, then whatever, but... It'd be what it do. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, the hardware section, uh, the Cubic Alpha was released recently at U.S. Nationals. And if you don't know, like some of the winners for certain events got an ac- actually got the puzzle. It's pretty good. I got one, and it's nice. You bought one. No, I didn't buy one. Well, you didn't buy one? No, I didn't. I, I acquired one. Ooh, interesting. Exactly. Also, another cube that I acquired is the Key Thunderclap. But if you're Tim Wong, <laughs> uh, it's something else. Yeah, how is that cube? I haven't lubed it yet, so I don't know. Oh, g- good job. <laughs> All right, the next uh, thing on the list is the 22 by 22 by 22. Yeah, so there's this guy who designed a 22 by 22 by 22 and attempted to put it together and it like exploded like the core snapped or some crazy thing like the, the core is like not functional so he has to wait about a month or so for his new order of that core to go through and get arrive and stuff until he can actually assemble the puzzle so that it is a, a formal world record for the largest n by n by n puzzle ever ever made I think I actually saw a photo on like Cubic's friends recently, and yeah. it was actually fully assembled. So. No, it, it was it was from one angle. From what I, from what I understand, it was from one angle, and the cube had already exploded. Oh, okay. And it was just Never from mind, a different then. angle that didn't show it exploded. So all right, that's a thing. So you want to take a commercial break now? Yeah. So we're gonna take a commercial break. After the break, we're gonna have Keaton Ellis and Drew Brads on. So stay tuned for that. And we're back. And with us now is Keaton Ellis and Rube Rads. How are y'all doing? Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Doing I. So, um, welcome Bye. to the show. You guys had some significant accomplishments at U.S. Nationals very recently, which uh, I did not attend. So, yeah. <laughs> how was Nats? Nationals was pretty cool. I'd say it was pretty decent. I rate it a 6.25. <laughs> Out of six point two five. Wow, not even submit. Seriously, all right. I'd give it a little less than that, maybe six point two four. No specific reason behind that, just to be different. So, let's talk about you guys, um, your guys's cubing backgrounds and stuff. Let's start with Keaton. Hey. Um, how did you first start cubing? What are you doing with cubing now? What do you know? What do you use, etc. and so forth? And do you know Felix's rice pudding recipe? Unfortunately, I don't know Felix's rice pudding recipe. The only time I actually talked to him was at U.S. Nationals for like two minutes right before finals. And I just asked if he was nervous. He's like, yeah, 
Uh, apart from that, I use CFOP. I like one hand in big cubes and Scube and FMC. You don't like Scube, that's a lie. Uh, I love Scube. I just get really lucky at it compared to my actual times. I average like five and a half at home and I have a four and a half average. I got into cubing. Oh, I learned how to solve it. And then a couple years passed. I, got, I went to high school and I met Yushin Chen, who at the time was like 30 seconds faster than me. This was my goal to beat her. But before I beat her, I moved to Maryland and then met Felix Lee, who was even faster than her. And it took me like two years to beat him too. So yeah. Keaton, or not Keaton. Yeah, Drew, it's your turn. So I also don't know Felix's rice pudding recipe, but I wish I did. <laughs> He's so sneaky with it, but yeah, I've been keeping for like six years now. Um, I started off with pretty much just three by three. I have a pretty typical story. Like I just bought a cube and learned how to solve it. Now I solve like everything two through seven. Pyraminx is, I guess, my main thing, along with 3x3. I'll do some Scube on the side. I'll see you see Fop, I'm boring. So yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Alright, wait, you guys were both on staff at U.S. Nationals, right? Yep. What did that entail? Drew, well, wait, Drew, you had, like, an issue with not being able to, like, do Wednesday stuff, Wednesday staff stuff or something? Yeah, I just, um, we came right from camp and we couldn't drive down the day before we had to leave early from camp as it was so i couldn't be there thursday for the staff competition oh ouch yeah it was a pain but i managed yeah i wasn't actually able to go to the staff comp either but i did like all my stuff in an hour on thursday night it was fun actually that was kind of fun i thought like i did like 10 events right in a row it was pretty exciting See, if you come to the Bay Area, we do that for every competition. You guys are so special. Like, we do staff comps at our comps. You guys are like, that's so a... special. I know. Thank you for noticing. Here in Maryland, I just force my staff to compete right before they're supposed to work. Which is probably, probably not as good of an idea, actually. Yeah, we do the same thing because they work all day. Yeah, that's like what we do. all in a row. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah, I feel kind fine. of bad for those people, but then I realize I'm the one who made them do it, and then I have to do it as well, and so then I don't feel as bad. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it really comes down to. Wait, so what do you guys do in the Cuban community right now? Are you organizers, both of you? Yeah. I'm actually organizing a competition. I'm actually organizing a competition on September 26th, so you guys should all come to Slow and Steady. Even if you live in the Bay Area, like Rancho. Yeah, I'm not coming, dude. Yeah. <sighs> Makes me sad. I mean, if I weren't going to Portland the week before, and tickets for, like, planes weren't ridiculously expensive, I would consider it. But at this point, no. Damn. Sorry. That makes me sad. But hey, FMC USA is going to be a thing again, and we can all collaborate in that. Yeah, some, boy. To, you know, do some mean stuff. That is so funny. Yeah. My jokes only get worse from here. That's that's the funniest part. That was this. That um, was the single good joke that's gonna be on this show. But it was better than average. Oh. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that was actually really good. Um, for you listeners at home, if you have any other awful jokes to send to us, go ahead, and we might read some out. 
or we might not. We'll, we'll find out. But yeah, send those to us at cubecast at gmail.com. All right, so the, the real reason why we have both of you on here is because, well, first and foremost, you both are awesome and you had accomplishments at Nationals. Um, so what were those accomplishments exactly? Let's have Drew go Okay, first. so I won three different event, events. I podiumed in three events and won three events, so that's good. I won 3 by 3 and Pyraminx, and I also somehow managed to win Skew. Not really sure how that happens. <laughs> but it was the first time I won a major competition for 3 by 3 so I was really happy with that. Yeah, that's tight. And what was your winning average for 3 by 3 8.33 seconds. 0. 0.01 ahead of Cornelius Diekman. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I was <laughs> Dude, so nervous. I was. That, I was watching Jeremy Fleischman calculate the averages, like as they were coming, mm-hmm. and then when I saw that you beat him by 0.01, everyone just like, oh my god, like everyone that was seeing all the averages being calculated. Yeah, that was crazy. I I saw Blake like nodded to me because he was down in that group too. I think. He had yeah. seen it and he was like waving at me and stuff. And then Lucas Garen told me also. Oh, that kind of sucks. Well, the thing is, like, Nationals 2014, it was very obvious who won. Yeah. Because everybody was chanting USA the whole time. Oh my god. Um, so, Keaton, what were your amazing accomplishments? My list is not as long as Drew's. I got first place for one hand, and that was my only podium. That's pretty tight, though. Because one hand is, like... Intense. Yeah, and... Yeah, one hand can get really intense. Especially, like, you just went and won it single-handedly. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'll see see you guys on the next episode. I'm gonna gonna leave. Bye. Fuck. Um... Okay. Uh, oh man we can't get a hand on the situation please stop stop <laughs> okay. okay we need to like change topics or else i'm gonna like explode um keaton tell us how much news coverage you've had about u.s nationals okay so my university actually featured me on their website uh i'm not a hundred percent sure how they found out i'm pretty sure it was my parents but I was featured in the math department with a little thing that said, congratulations, Keaton Ellis, for being the one-handed national champion at U.S. Nationals. And they actually got it right. I, they, they knew that I was the one-hand champion, not just a champion, like the champion, which was pretty cool because you don't see a ton of accurate cube stuff in news. Drew, how much news have you gotten for winning? Um, this time around, almost none, actually. Like, I got, like, one new article in the paper, and then I was on TV for a really tiny thing. But, like, the past two summers before this, I've had, like, the same exact story, like, National 2014 and World's 2013. It's like they've covered this story twice already, and they're done with me. So, almost none. (laughs) I think the location had a lot to do with it, because, you know, we were practically in the middle of nowhere, and not a lot of news media right. would go out there to go to this event okay i'm excited to see that documentary though which documentary you know the one they're filming they had those big cameras and stuff oh wait I wait don't know. What's... the there was like Yo, yeah that was yeah, a documentary? i didn't know about this it's called behind the cube i think wow. they were filming parts of it there well that's with anthony brooks right i have no idea okay well 
I, I saw that there was just like one kid, his last name's Ollie, and he had like a cameraman following him around the entire three days. Were these the people that were with Sam Richard? Because I know he had some people. I have no idea, but maybe I'm just completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was a documentary they were filming about the Rubik's Cube. I just That's all I got. Or it could just be like last year at 2014 Nationals where they just had a whole bunch of cameras and never actually put up a video. Yeah, that was weird. And annoying because those cameras were really yeah. annoying. They were everywhere. Three by three finals. Good luck getting a good view. With that giant arm. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. The three by three finals in 2014 were really annoying in general. Like the back room, Keaton can testify to this too. Like where we stayed, it was super cold. Like by the time Dude, we came that makes out. me glad that I was like one of the first to go. Yeah. Because yeah, you complained about you complained about it. I know Lucas was really upset about it. And it was cold. At least they don't do that thing for for uh, feet solving, or else you'd come out with cold feet. All right, um, you should just stop talking, Brandon. Okay, I have a yeah. question for Keaton. Uh, how do you manage all like all the things that you do? You do like Reddit and Reddit <laughs> and Reddit and Q. Reddit. I spend way too much time on Reddit, and I don't spend enough time moderating and that moderating nowadays. But what I try to do is, I tr well, one, I got a couple of moderators to help me out, and they've been really great. And so if you guys listen to the, the podcast right now, you guys are the best. But I try to be, I try to be, in emphasis on the try, I try to be efficient with my time, and I try to make sure that everything is balanced. So I don't spend too much time cubing. I don't spend too much time on Reddit. I don't. I don't preoccupy a bunch of my time with competition stuff until close to the competition rolling around, like when I organize stuff. Like this time, I don't have my heats done, I don't have my any of that stuff done, because a bunch of it can still be changed because a million and a half people are going to register in the next couple of weeks, I hope. But I just try and time things well. Yeah. Alright, Drew, how do you time manage with all the stuff that you're doing? Um, well, I don't do that much stuff, for one thing. like. School, homework, basketball, cubing. Maybe so practice a, a little viola on the side. Oh, I mean, it is. During basketball season, I just don't cube much. And if I have a lot of homework, then I don't cube much. Cubing gets kicked to the back of, of the priorities. But honestly, I have a lot of free time as it is right now. Um, it'll get worse as I go on in school, obviously. Like Until so you hit college, and then you have a billion hours of free time yeah. that, you should be sp that you should spend studying. Yeah, true. But I just, I don't know. I don't have that much problem with managing it. All right. I want to pull up some questions that the listeners sent us, and there's only, like, two, I think, on this post. Um, the first question for Keaton is, what do you think is the best way to balance cubing in school? We already kind of talked about that, so we don't really need to say anything about it. But also, do you think you will be able to stay competitive and practice regularly now that you're in second uh, year? Hmm. I think that staying competitive in cubing isn't as hard as improving. So it takes very minimal practice, at least for me, to stay around low nine seconds for three by three, sub 14 for one hand and stuff like that. But improving and getting faster as other people improve takes a little bit more time. As the semester starts, I'm still gonna have a lot of free time to myself. So I'm not too worried about that. But when, like, once December comes, I don't cube at all until finals are done. 
I just put all my cubes aside, I study, I do what I need to do, and then after finals, I relax, and then for January onward, I have a lot more time, because it's winter break and I don't have to study, and that's when I try to do a lot of my cubing. So I try to, I try to progress more when I don't have stuff on. I guess that kind of makes sense. I progress more when I don't have stuff to do, but I prioritize school when I need to. But when I don't need to, I will cube. Right okay, Keon also has like, some more questions. Why do you like OH more uh, than 3 by 3 2-handed? For, for Keaton, sorry. I mean, I like 2-handed, too. I like 1-handed because I'm good at it. I didn't, I didn't get good at 1-handed because I was like, Oh man, one-handed so much better. I got good at one hand because I don't know. I, I just had fun doing it. I just I I like what's fun, and solving cube with one hand is different, but not different enough. So it's it's still fun. All right. The next question is for Drew. How does it feel to be the U.S. champ in three events? Were you expecting to win Skube? Um, I guess it feels pretty cool just to have some more diversity in my winning like it's always been like i only win pyraminks and i finally caught up in a few other events although i don't know we'll get to cube in a second um but to win three i three was really awesome i've been working a lot harder on that in the past few years in pyraminks so i was happy to see some results and i'm trying to get some more uh, in the next coming months too some better averages in competition as far as cube goes that was just stupid like i got done with my average and i was like well, that might be enough for third place. And then I did some other events, and some kid walks up to me, and he's like, Drew, you won skew. I was like, I didn't even really believe him. Like, okay, they haven't entered all the results yet or something. Because, like, I average 4.5 now, and there are all these, like, sub-four people there, and I haven't practiced. Jabari. <laughs> just yeah. so Jabari, Joey. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. Skew, I'll take it. I'll take win and i'll never win skew again at nationals so yeah were the scrambles good for you because in my heat they were like really shitty and jabari was in my heat and he complained i don't even remember i just i don't i wasn't even paying attention i was like yay i made finals i'm done that was the attitude <laughs> okay all right uh this is the last question this one's for keaton why do you suck at rue and why do you enjoy in imitating sarah strong Oh, okay. So on the Roof Facebook group, there's this weekly race thing, and I'm I'm pretty bad at Roo. I average like 15-ish seconds on it. But the thing is, I kind of just predict my last six edges, or my, my sandwich, my last four edges a lot of the time. And so I'll DNF it a lot, or I'll be off by like an M2 or something. And so there was this, uh, this is one time where I DNF'd seven times and an average of 12 for Rue. And, uh, I won the Sarah Strong Award for DNFing. It was pretty bad. I saw that in the, in the Rue group. Yeah. Yeah. DNF a million times made me sad. All right. And then there's another post with questions for Keaton, but we can extend them to everyone. Uh, the first one is by Corey Sikowski. In all caps, hot dog eating contest. I know what this is. This is if every cube, if every sub fifteen cuber competed in a hot dog eating contest, who would win? Ooh. Eh. Ooh. What do you think? And I would say 
I don't know if he's still subbing oh team, God. but I'd say Dan Cohen. I think he'd have a pretty good job. Yeah, he got like a 12-second average. He went to a competition like a few weeks ago. All right, then he's still sub-15, then Dan Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Drew? I think I think Bob Burton. Sure. <laughs> Bob's not sub-15, though. Oh. It's like a I don't care. Average. All right. I was thinking like, I think Roe has Hassler. Yeah, right? like, Roe's like my second one. Like, it's like a tiebreaker, you know, Dan Cohen, Roe Hessler. I don't know. And then there's, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people could possibly do that. I'm also thinking like Wafo. Oh yeah. Wafo. Oh definitely. Because I, I, after seeing what he's what he's able to do with liquid, I want to see how good he is with solid. <laughs> also, like I, Mitch, weren't we in a call with Wafo once and he had ordered, like, he went to McDonald's and yeah, he ordered like a barrage. He ordered of like things. a yeah. Um, I. I won't even be able to replicate exactly what it was. It was just everything that the heart desires to kill itself and more. It was kind of insane. And he just, like, he, he, he like, ate all of it in, like, five he minutes. He just casually ate all of it. Just, like, yo, I'm eating this. Yo, I'm done. Wait. So you were in a Skype call while he was at McDonald's? No, no, no. Like, why? No, he came back to his, he came back to his place after he was done with McDonald's. Oh, okay. He came back with, like, two bags of of things for himself. Well, he was gonna he was gonna good. eat it with other people, but the, from what I understand, but they just like were gone or something, so he just ate all of it. Um, yeah. So there's a question here from Kobe Ballin: How to get good at Skube? There's another backstory to this one. I have the state record for Skube, and Kobe is a solid second and a half faster than me, and he's really salty for that. And so the best way to get good at Skube is to not care about it, and then just get good times. Yeah, I'm with Keaton. He's right. <laughs> That's how you won Nationals. Exactly. That's how I got fourth in Nationals. It must be, because that's not how I did. Like, that's exactly what I did. So. Alright, and then... We should skip this next comment. Yeah, uh, let's let's see. Billy Burrier. If you had to choose between keeping OH as an event, or no more plastic shrink wrap on new cubes... What, which would you choose, Keaton? Oh my god. Oh, I, I hate string wrap on cubes. It's such a waste. And it's so frustrating to take out because I can never like break the seal and then I can't get the cube out. But at the same time, I like one hand. Yeah, same <sighs> question for you, Drew, but instead of one hand, it'd be Pyraminx. <laughs> I actually like the shrink wrap what? on the cubes because they aren't all dusty. What? Yeah, because... Like the old like Shang and stuff, you get them out and they'd be covered in dust. I like it. That, you're weird. So they have. Yeah, 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 yeah I dude, know. You're, you're weird. That's not normal. And then Sammy Tawakol. You just cut that part out of your oh videos. Then Sammy Tawakol for Keaton said, um, given your given your recent progression in 3x3, what do you expect of color neutrality? More importantly, how do you feel about eating spicy ramen, then taking jalapenos, cutting them up and rubbing them on your eyeballs? What? Okay, so those have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Yes. But... <laughs> that is true. You know, I love eating spicy food, but I think rubbing it in your eyeballs would be a terrible idea. And... Oh my god, I can't imagine how much that would hurt. But the color neutrality thing... I think color neutrality is really good. And I think it's definitely worth doing. 
But at the same time, I feel like if someone's already decently fast at 3 by 3 like, sub-15, sub-20, then switching to color neutrality isn't worth your time, because there's always going to be something else that's going to be helping you to get faster. Like, instead of doing thousands and thousands of solos, or hundreds and hundreds of solos, practicing color neutrality, you could be working on look-ahead, learning alg sets, almost anything else. I do think that by color neutrality, such as white, yellow, blue, green, orange, red, whatever, I think that's worth it because it's not terribly hard to get that extra cross because your pairs are similar. But full color neutrality for someone who is already re reasonably fast, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, as somebody who's bicolor neutral, um, but also just builds blocks and does a, a bunch of FMC, it's really interesting to me like to take a 3x3, three three, and if I try building on, say, an orange cross, I'm white-yellow neutral, so if I try building on, on an orange cross, for example, I will see 20s. No question. Like, I just cannot get down to averaging 12 like I usually do. And I have a source on that, too, if anyone's interested. Oh, my um, God. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows that joke, good job. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't. I don't think that that for some people, color neutrality is. I, I think that for some people, color neutrality is definitely not worth the time, as you were saying, because they could. I could be, it, uh, instead of taking an hour and doing trying to do unbiased solves on random other colors and stuff, I could be doing an FMC attempt. You know. True that. You, what do you think, Drew and Mitch? Um, I think that being fully color neutral is kind of overrated. Like, by color neutral, you really should be that at least. I'm talking to you, Lucas, right now. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. To, it's not that hard to switch. I don't think. Uh, the only thing that really throws you off between cross colors is the colors that aren't your two colors that you start with in your F2L pairs. If that makes any sense. Yeah, at that all. makes perfect sense. Um, and those obviously aren't different between white and yellow, for example. But if you can't do at least two crosses, you just end up with cases that are awful. Just, like, I don't know how you would even do that. But as far as full color neutrality goes, um, I think you can do almost as well with just two colors. You learn to see farther, I think. You have to force yourself to track your pairs better and stuff like that. So I don't really think it's much worse. Yeah, I think that's one deficit about color neutrality that isn't really talked about. Uh, if I get a bad cross on all six crosses, I have no idea what to do. Like, I almost 100% rely on the fact that at least one of my six crosses will be good enough to to do something decent on. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm just going to ask the next question because we need to get... Oh, this, this comment just came in right now. Michael Edmonds asked to Keaton... Who has the best username on r slash cubers, and what is the weirdest post that you deleted um, as a mod? See, this is probably someone that I should know, but I completely, completely don't recognize the name, and I feel kind of bad. I think the coolest username on slash r slash cubers is Phil Use. It's AMA Kitten, because he did an AMA, and he's a small kitten. <laughs> That's a pretty cool one. Isn't the AMA happening right now, too? Yeah, the AMA is happening right now. So if you go back in time, because this isn't going to get posted tonight, if you go back in time to, to today, you can go ask Phil you a question. He's a pretty cool guy. I thought he was a small kitten. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> waiting for that. I just realized what I said. 
Did you not mean to do that? I did not sure mean. That was a pretty nice meme. Uh, that was and then good. Michael Edmonds also asked for Drew Brads. Since Colin couldn't compete at Nats to defend his title, do you think he'll be strutting around like he's all that next year? If yes, will you engage him in an epic stare down resulting in a brutal fist fight at the moment you see him next year? Um, no, I don't think that's Colin's personality, actually. Um, Dude, he's pretty quiet. Colin is super chill. And I don't even think he cares. Like, I don't even think he cares that he... Well, I think he cares that he wasn't there. But I don't think he minds that he wasn't national champion. He got to go to Japan for like a month and a half. That's that's yeah. really cool. I will say that I'm a little disappointed that I didn't actually beat his average from last year. It was his was <laughs> eight thirty two, mine was eight thirty three. It's kinda like I don't know. Even though it doesn't actually mean anything, it kinda feels like it does, you know. Hey, different scrambles, different so conditions, different yeah. competitions, different time. You you were a different keyboard now than you were a year ago. A little bit. And Colin's a different keeper now than he was a year ago. True. He has a world record now. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> all right, so thank you to all the listeners who submitted questions for these wonderful people. Now we're going to get to the part of the show that you've all been waiting for, really that I've been waiting for. Sure. The best part of the show, Skype Team Blind. Woo! So the way that this is going to work is that since we have two guests, um... You both will be calling, but we'll be alternating individual calls. It doesn't have to be moves. It can just be individual calls. So if you want to say sexy move, that's fine. If you want to say D, that's fine. If you want to say, like, you have a U-perm with the solved edge in the front and it's going anticlockwise, you can say that. You can take all that time. Uh, so here is the scramble. I'll read it out to all you listeners at home. It is back prime, R2, U2. F2, down 2, back 2, U2, F prime, L2, R2, F2, R prime, F prime, down 2, back, R, down prime, L2, U, L, down prime. And then your cube should look like this. That's a joke. Okay, so who wants to start... I'll start, and I'm going to call White Cross, just so I don't mess things up by doing, like, some other thing. I agree. All right. So, White Top Green Front, do Z2? L, R, R. D. Oh, wait. So, wait, can you do just one move, or what? Should I do Cross? You do F201. I do F202. Okay, that works. All right. So... You're going to do L, R, F, D2? Now, R, U, R2, U prime, R. And then L, U, L prime, U, L, U prime, L prime? Then U, R, U prime, no, R U R prime U prime F U prime F prime. And then double sexy. Oh, uh, I have to call this OLL manually. R U prime R two D prime wide R U two R prime U prime wide R prime. D, R2, U, R prime. 
you should continue calling because I definitely messed up. Okay. <laughs> this is probably not going well. Okay, you two. And then you have the L perm that starts with L prime, U, R prime. No idea. Uh, where's the swap? Okay. Where's the corner swap? Uh, it's on the front. It's on the front. Wait. I think we messed up pretty bad. I messed up pretty bad. Keaton was fine. Oh. <laughs> Dang, what is this? What are Yo, those? Yo, why didn't you just do F sexy, white F sexy? Oh, because I forgot about that L. That's the only L. Oh, that would have been easier. What was the OLL? The CPU was actually going to be fine for that case, too. It was like, it was a no edges OLL where it's like F sexy and then wide F sexy F prime. Oh. It was a dot case. Oh, the good dot case. Oh. Oh, I that one. Wait, the OLL CPU yeah. was good? Like. Wow. Well, it was it was F sexy F prime wide F sexy F wide F prime, and it would have oh, given yeah. I think you I called prime. like two moves badly. It was bad. I got lost somewhere in there. I was like, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm doing the right move. So that DNF'd at one fifty. I didn't get past the first pair because um, Drew went too fast. <laughs> oh my god! Dang it, Mitch! All right, so that was Skype Team Blind. I think we. I think I failed miserably for the first time on the show. Oh, wow. You yeah. should redeem yourself. No, I'm pretty sure I was the only one who failed miserably. <laughs> well, my cube wasn't solved, and that that was a that was a that was a thing. I don't think that's happened before. Okay. But yeah, thank you to our wonderful callers and guests on the show, and yeah, th th just thank you for being here. And check out Phil Yu's AMA. Check out both of these people's Reddit and YouTube's and all this wonderful stuff. Like Drew Brad's Facebook page. Um, do all that awesome, cool stuff. We're going to keep that in the show notes for you. And yeah, thanks for being on, guys. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much for having us. Thanks. All right. So next time on the CubeCast podcast, we are not sure who we're going to have as a guest. But hey, we'll figure it out or something. So until then... Why? I am.